I actually started to, I was going to preach one sermon, the first Sunday, the very first day of this year, it's going to be a sermon about my prayer for you for 2023. But as I began to work on it, I realized that it was going to take at least two, and then I realized it was going to take three at least, and maybe four, to get the whole sermon in if we weren't going to be here for three hours. But uh, so the first Sunday, we talked about, uh, uh, the, well, let me just read, read the text to you. This is in, in Ephesians chapter 3, I mean chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, Paul says in verse, uh, well, he, he talks about, uh, since I've heard about how much you trust in the Lord, I, I keep on praying for you, remembering you in my prayer, and this is what he says I'm praying in verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. So he said, I'm praying that God is just going to give you wisdom and understanding, and he's going to give you a, a spirit of, of really knowing Jesus, having the eyes of our hearts enlightened so that you may know. And he's going to say there's three things I want you to know that you have. I want you to know what is the hope to which he's called you. That is, we want to, I want you to know the absolute certainty, the surety, the security that you have as a Christian. That nothing can shake you from knowing the hope that you have. And we said hope didn't have to do with, with maybe it'll happen. With That hope in the Bible means absolute confidence, certainty. So he's praying that you will know the security, God's per, perse, per, preserving you in Christ. So he said, that's the first thing. That's what we talked about on the first Sunday, that you may know what is the, the hope that, to which he's called you. And then last week we talked about, and what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. He said, I want you to know how much wealth you have. That, that you have God's inheritance. You, everything that God has for you, I want you to know it. I want you to understand it. And, uh, and then he said, and I want you to know, this is the, the text for today, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. we just stop right there. Let me just pray again. Heavenly Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will give us an understanding, uh, enlighten our hearts to understand the security we have in Christ the great wealth that you have given to us in Christ and help us to understand the power that is ours in Christ. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I heard a story once. It may not be a true story, but it's a good preacher story. It's a good illustration. 
It's about a couple that had been given a, a free trip on a cruise. They, they had never been on a cruise, and they were very poor, and so it was something they had dreamed of, talked about, hoped for, but they just never thought they'd ever be able to, to do it. And some friends of theirs got together and gave them uh, tickets to a, a cruise, paid for it completely. And they were so humbled and so excited, and, and they went on the cruise and uh, as they would walk through, they would see all of these different things that people were enjoying. Then they would go back to their little stateroom, and they would slice some bologna, and they would eat it with some crackers. And this went on for about three days. And finally, somebody said, uh, hey, we don't ever see you in the, in the uh, cafeteria. We don't ever see you in the uh, dining hall. And, what's and they said, well, we, we, we're very poor, and we don't have the money to to buy the food in the dining hall. And he says, well, we don't ever see you at any of the shows. Well, we don't have the money to go to any of those shows. They said, do you not understand that when you were given a free ticket to the cruise, that included everything on the boat? I mean, it's already all paid for. And and they said, well, I can't believe we've been eating bologna and crackers. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I actually like bologna and crackers. But, uh, but I can't believe we've been eating bologna and crackers when we could have been in the dining hall eating all this sumptuous, delicious food and enjoying all the benefits of the cruise. Now, I hardly believe that's a true story. I just can't imagine anybody uh, uh, doing that. But it, it does illustrate a point. There are times that we are given a lot more than we realize that we have. And that certainly has happened to us. And that's what Paul is praying. He said, oh, if you just knew how secure you are, if you just knew how rich you are, and if you just knew the power that God has worked in you, you would just be so much, uh, uh, so much happier, so much more blessed. And so that's what he's praying for. So today I want us to think about the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the mighty, the working of his mighty power. This is the third request that's introduced by the word what. He said, I want you to know what you have in what the hope is, what the riches are, and what power is working in you. And, uh, and then part of the assurance that he wants us to understand is that the power that is working in us is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Uh, a few years ago, I'd ask uh, Mike, Angelov, uh, our Bulgarian son, if he would put together a video for me, and he did, and I just got it yesterday, and it's I didn't have time to get it to Brad to, to show, but but it's a video showing all kinds of power. It shows Superman lifting a bunch of stuff, you know. It shows a uh, nuclear power. It shows a uh, uh, financial power. It shows a uh, political power. What other kinds of power are they? It shows a, a military power. 
shows all kinds of power that people crave in our world today. Everybody wants power, power, power. And uh, uh, in fact, I think that's one reason the superheroes are so popular today. You know, all the, all the superheroes, the Avengers and so forth, because they all have a superpower. Some of them can, like the Flash, he was my favorite, uh, he can run so fast, you know. He can just get from here to there and nothing flat, you know. And, uh, and then there's Wonder Woman and there's Superman. And uh, if you had a superpower, what power would you want? What, what power would you, would you like to have? You had a superpower. Fly. What? Fly. To be able to fly. Yeah, like Superman. I always thought that was so neat, too. And, and uh, what else? What? Healing. What? Healing. Healing. Is that what you said? The power, the power to just touch somebody and make them well. Yeah, some of the science fiction creators, you know, have that, do, do that. They're able to, on Star Trek... Uh, a universal translation just be able to go anywhere and speak any language oh that would be great wouldn't it oh that'd be wonderful a a godly understanding that would be well we actually have that superpower we're gonna come to that in a minute but i was just thinking about if you were one of the superheroes uh plastic man i used to love plastic man do you you remember him he could stretch. He could just reach. He could stand right here and reach all the way out in the foyer and everything like that. Ah, that'd be kind of neat, you know. You just never would have to get out of your chair, would you? And, uh, well, people like the idea of superpowers. Oh, if I just had, if I had these superpowers. Well, Paul is saying, hey, folks, I want you to know you've got more power than you realize. And I'm praying for you to have the wisdom and understanding and that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened so you'll know the power that is working in you. And I'm telling you, uh, we need that power, don't we? Because we have formidable enemies. Listen, Stephanie just read there in 1 Peter about how Satan is like a roaring lion, and he's just going about looking for somebody to gobble down. You know, he's looking for somebody to devour. And here's the truth. Satan is stronger than you. You are not a match for that enemy in your physical strength or in your own personal strength. You need a power that is greater than any power that you've ever had. But do you know when, when Jesus was crucified and they placed his body in the tomb, the, the great enemies of God were celebrating. Satan saw it as a victory. And the world saw it as a victory. And religion saw it as a victory. And all of the anti-God forces in the world saw it as a victory. And I imagine if we could have looked into wherever the devil was, 
he would have been waving a flag and saying, woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo, until the third day. And suddenly, the stone was rolled away, and Jesus actually entered into the domain of the enemy, and he confronted the demons and the devil himself and death and every enemy that is an enemy of you and me. And he said, I'm back. And Satan trembled and all the demons of hell shuddered. And Jesus, I guess if, if death had a stinger like a scorpion, Jesus reached and grabbed it and yanked it out because now even the sting of death has no power over God's people. So, you know, just give Jesus a hand right now. I tell you what, that's just great. Hallelujah. And, and uh, the, that's the power. The power that overcame the devil, it overcame death, it overcame the demons, it overcame every threat and every enemy of God. And he says, that's the power that is working in you. Do you feel like that? Do you really? And I've been asking this myself this week. Do I really believe this? I'm going to preach it. Do I really act like it? Do I really behave in such a way that whenever any kind of opposition, any kind of distress, any kind of challenge, any kind of danger comes, that I say, I have God's power. The very power that raised Jesus from the dead is working in me. And so, see, I need assurance based on a power that is able to see me through to the end. I need to be able to know that there is a power that is working in me that enables me to say that in Christ I am more than a conqueror. That there is something, a power in me that is greater than the power that is working in the world. Now, I'm telling you, I'm not going to tell you anything you hadn't heard this morning. But I am going to tell you some things that we struggle to really believe. Paul was not praying that these people would have more power. He was praying that they would understand and truly believe the power that they already have. You have overcoming power. The power to overcome temptation. The power to overcome the deception of Satan. The power to overcome sin of any kind. The power to overcome death. That power is already working in you. The fact that you're saved, if you're a Christian, salvation is a demonstration of God's power. And it was resurrection power, in fact. Because what were you before you were saved? You were dead. 
When I I'd just been saved about three weeks, four weeks maybe. I was 17 years old, and I went to hear an evangelist, Brother Teddy Evans. And uh, but before I got saved, I ran from preaching. I didn't want to go hear preachers. But after I got saved, I wanted to go. I wanted to hear all the preaching I could hear. And I heard that Brother Teddy Evans was preaching a revival at uh, Dixie Hills Baptist Church. And so I went to hear him, and I introduced myself to him. I told him that God had saved me and that it felt like God was calling me to preach, and he was excited about that. And so he was preaching on Ephesians chapter 2 that particular night. And he said, uh, Nicky Harris, pointed at me like scared me to death. He said, what did God get when he got you? And I, I said, not much. <laughs> he said, he got a corpse. That's what he got when he got you. Because you were dead in sin and trespasses. And I just began to weep. I just thought, and I wasn't just weeping because he pointed me out in front of everybody. I was weeping because I realized that's the truth. I didn't have anything. There was nothing in me and no ability in me to, to make myself alive. And what God got when he got you was a corpse. But he didn't leave you a corpse because the Bible says that he made you alive. He raised you from the dead. We get a glimpse of, uh, of this as, just, as we read through the New Testament. Isn't it amazing? Uh, something I've thought about this week is we read all these promises, all these truths in the Scripture, and if we're not careful, they just become Bible verses. They don't become fact. We just read them and we think, yeah, I've read that before. I, but, you know, reading it and receiving it are two different things. Believing it and acting on it is different than just hearing it. But salvation is by the glorious resurrection power and grace of God. Why do we not understand it? because we don't understand the enormity of sin the depth of human depravity our sinfulness and we don't understand the holiness of God and by not knowing those three things it's hard for us to grasp the greatness of salvation so many people think of salvation as well I'm I'm trying to be a better person. I've, I believe in Jesus and I go to church. No, that's not salvation. Salvation is when the mighty power of God raises you from death to life and makes you a new person. And we have to begin with this understanding our joy and our gratitude and our worship will be in direct proportion
to our understanding of what God has done in our life. I just, you know, this week as I've been walking and everything, I've been praying this just over and over again. God, help me regain the wonder of my salvation. It's so easy to to lose the wonder of it. There's a song we sing called The Wonder of It All. The Wonder of It All. And uh, talks about how it took a miracle for God to hang the stars in place. Took a miracle for God to put the world in space. But when he saved my soul, cleansed and made me whole, it took a miracle of love and grace. That's the wonderful thing about being a Christian. And one reason, now there are a lot of reasons, but one reason that we don't get more excited and get more expressive in our excitement is not just because we're kind of shy or because we're Baptists or because it's not the customary way we do things. And and I, I don't do it as much either when I'm around people. I'm a, I, I, can, I can be a lot of fun when I'm by myself in my room just worshiping God. I think my dog has seen me shout more than just about anybody else. But uh, But one reason is that we just don't really grasp how great it is that Jesus has forgiven all of our sins and that the Spirit of God has actually brought us to Jesus and then filled us with all the fullness of himself and that he has sealed us and secured us and said nothing, nothing will ever be able take you out of my hand you are mine I know you I love you I've bought you you are mine and I've given you life and power just uh, consider some other verses here in uh, Romans chapter 1 verse 16 just talking about the power of God unto salvation I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God. And then uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24. He says, we preach Christ crucified. Unto those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God. The power of God and the wisdom of God. And then the 1 Thessalonians 1.5. Our gospel came to you not in word only, but also in power and in the 
Holy Spirit and in much assurance. That's a good verse, isn't it? And then Philippians 1, 6, we all know this one. He who began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. What God starts, he completes, by the way. A lot of times I start things and I don't get them done. But when God starts something, he gets it done. And then Philippians 2.13. It is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That Christian, the Christian life is not my trying, but it is trusting God to do and will what he wants to do. Colossians 1.29 I also labor, striving. So you say, well, now it sounds like Paul is trying here. He's trying. Yeah, but listen, listen to the rest of it. I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. So when I'm, when I'm, Serving when I'm striving to do what God wants me to do, I realize, hey, it's not me, but it's the power of God working in me and through me to accomplish this. And then, of course, the classic one, Second Corinthians five seventeen: If any man is in Christ, that means be a Christian, he is a new creation the old has passed away behold all things are become new see a christian is someone who has been created recreated new if you're a christian then you just praise god for his mighty power that works in you and in this passage there in uh, in ephesians uh, Paul just piles up superlatives. It's just like he's saying, I just want to find more words to explain what this power is. He wants us to know not just the power of God, but he wants us to know the greatness of it. And then not just the greatness of it, he wants us to know the exceeding greatness of it. He uses a a Greek word here that means surpassing, beyond description, beyond comprehension. It's just, it, it's so great. It'd be like an ant that has seen a nuclear bomb go off, and he goes back to his colony, and he's trying to explain what that looked like. That's kind of a silly illustration, but it's best I could think of right off. But can you imagine some ant that has just had seen Hiroshima and, and he goes back and says, guys, let me tell you about this thing I just saw. They said, well, we're ready. Well, I just can't get any words to explain it. It's just the greatness, the most surpassing. That's what Paul is doing here. He uses the best Greek terms that are available in, in his language. And then he adds to them 
by saying according to the working of his mighty power. The word for working here is the word that we get the English word energy from. Energy. That's, that's power that's been unleashed and is working. The word for mighty is used 11 different times in the New Testament, and it means almost unbelievable strength. Again, one of my favorite superheroes was the Incredible Hulk. You like the Incredible Hulk? He could grab a tank by the tongue and swing it around and throw it a mile away. Wow, what mighty power. And he says, yeah, that's, that's the word I'm using here. That's the, the kind of power I'm talking about. It's the kind of strength that can make low every mountain and exalt every valley. It's overcoming strength, unconquerable strength. There's nothing that can stand before it. It's power, unlimited power. Paul's describing the power of God as the energy of the strength of God to whom nothing is impossible. The word power here actually means might. It's used 12 times in the New Testament. It has to do with dominion, authority, rule, reign. It speaks of God's inherent power as God. So Paul speaks of an energy That is a power in action. It comes from a force which is irresistible, which comes from an ocean of God's might, the eternity of God's unlimited power. So what's he trying to say? He's saying, I want you to know this is the power that is working in you. It worked on you to bring you to Christ, and now it works in you to enable you to live the Christian life. Isn't that wonderful? Are you all excited? Well, settle down, settle down. You don't want you to be jumping over pews or nothing, you know. But you, you probably are doing it in your heart and in your mind, right? Some of you are out running a marathon right now. So I guess another way of saying this, if God is for us, who <laughs> or what can be against us? And what power is it? It's the power of the resurrection of Jesus. I wish I'd have been able to get that video because it, Mike had put it together for me and it shows all these different powers. And then it says, but there is a power that exceeds all these powers. And it shows the women coming to the tomb and the angel saying, he's not here. He has risen. Resurrection power. That's the power that works in us. Brad, do you think you could find uh, a song called A Debtor to Mercy Alone and put the words to that up on the screen? Uh, I'm not going to sing it, but uh, I know some of you had enough of my singing last Sunday. But uh, 
But I want you to see that just this this song was written by Augustus Toplady, Augustus Toplady, who wrote Rock of Ages and uh, many, many other songs. But this one, uh, let me get to it here. You able to find it? A debtor to mercy. Trying to get it up on the screen. And it really illustrates the the whole message today. I'm going to go ahead and start reading it. There we go. A debtor to mercy alone. Of covenant mercy I sing. Nor fear with God's righteousness own my person and offerings to bring. See, we're wearing the righteousness of Jesus. And he says, uh, that, that's, I'm bringing that the terrors of law and of God with me can have nothing to do. My Savior's obedience and blood hide all my transgressions from view. Isn't that great news? And then the second verse. The work which his goodness began, the arm of his strength will complete. His promise is yes and amen and never was forfeited yet. Things future nor things that are now, not all things below or above can make him his purpose forego or sever my soul from his love and then the last verse my name from the palms of his hands eternity will not erase impressed on his heart it remains in marks of indelible grace yes I to the end shall endure as sure as the earnest is given more happy, but not more secure when all earthly ties have been riven. What a great song. And I am indeed, and you are indeed, a debtor to mercy and grace. Now, my hope for this message has been Paul's prayer that you would be given and that I would be given the understanding the wisdom the insight that the heart my heart would be open to understand how great God's power is not not the power of creation that was great he he could have used that as an illustration he could have used uh, Sodom and Gomorrah as a, or the flood he could have used lots of different things but he said the power that is working in you is greater than any of those powers it is the power that raised Jesus from the dead irresistible power 
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the power that is working in us. And I know, I know how easy it is for us to lose sight of that. Oh, how easy it is for us to get discouraged and depressed and to feel overwhelmed and to feel that we don't have the power. And I just think of so many times over the years that people have said to me, I just don't have the strength. I just don't have, I just can't do this. And I pray that when we think like that, you will change our thinking and help us be able to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That in him we are more than conquerors and that the surpassing greatness of his might and power is working in us. And I pray that you'll help us know that. Act upon it in Jesus' name. Amen. I actually kind of had visions in my mind this week of some of you just breaking out into shouting. <clears throat> I didn't expect it necessarily, but I did kind of dream about it. And maybe the day will come when we just stand in the presence of the Lord and just say, wow, I'm just overwhelmed by the greatness of the mighty, surpassing power that worked in me to raise me from the dead, fill me with the Holy Spirit, and secure me as your precious treasure forever. If you're not a believer, would you like to have that power? If you are a believer, would you like to know and believe that you have that power? and act upon it. Nothing, nothing can overcome that power. But if we don't act upon that power, then almost everything can overcome us. But nothing can overcome that power if we believe it and act upon it. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We invite you to like us on Facebook or visit our website, www.bearcreekbaptist.org. If you're not a member of another church, we would like to invite you to join us in person and get to know us and let us get to know you. Have a great week and may the Lord richly bless you.